coming in. It's not Social Security either. I can tell you that's not what we call money coming in. That's, that's tipping, where, where I'm living anyway. Uh, when I signed up in the ministry, there was an option that you could exempt out of Social Security. And they said, son, if you do that, you won't ever get a check. And I said, I'm going to be so wealthy within Jesus by then. I don't care. So I opted out. And I've never paid Social Security all these years. But I did as a farmer. And so they said, you'll never get a check. But I get a check. I like that. That's, that's just, I take, the, I take the girl out to lunch on it and, you know, whatever. But uh, back to that, uh, if you had every need met, you know, we're not talking about need met, need met. And you had your temporal desires, you got to do what you want to do. And if you were healed in your body, if, if that would change what you are thinking about doing, something's out of whack. Because we ought to be healed in our faith and supplied in our faith. Therefore, we're just doing everything as if we had our faith. So we ought to adjust. Well, I'm just waiting on this to fix. What if it never fixed? Are you going to miss the will of God? Are you going to miss the calling? Are you going to miss even what we want to do, what, what you want to do? Anyway, that's a thought. Let's, I call it, let's giddy up. All of us. I, I wouldn't know what to tell you what that means, but I just know that's what's working in my life and Deborah Ann's. We're just and yet nothing's happening that says you ought to do this because bad's coming or whatever. We're just doing it because the kingdom is coming and we want to be totally unencumbered. Now, I don't want to live in a tent. I don't want to be that encumbered. You know, there's debt-free people living under the bridge. And I, I don't want to be debt-free that bad, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Word says to... Uh, uh, Exhort one another to love and good works. So, and if you ever want this pulpit for a service or whatever, come talk to me and I might turn you loose. Because we want, if you've got something to say that people want to hear, we want to hear it. Matter of fact, I'm going to be gone next Wednesday. Uh, I'm, she asked me several times, so I'm taking her with me. <laughs> and Melissa's going to be here and I'm telling you, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah. Used to, now in a, in a more timid and feeble day, we never told anybody when we were going to be out of town. Because the carnal goes home, like, if he's not there, I'm not there. It's just like, what? That's not how the kingdom works. But now, we're in. We're all in. We like the things of God. Well, amen. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this evening. And, and in Luke one thirty two, it says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. Let's Let's say that together. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. He's great. I love that song that we sing, that awesome song. But I don't say he's great. I don't say he's holy. I don't say it's another one that he does. He's mighty. I say you're mighty. You're holy. And that becomes praise instead of a statement of fact. Because anybody can read it. But I, I change it. That's my personal thing. I would change the words in the uh, overhead. We have changed some words. Just hadn't got around to it, though. But I'm just telling you, you want to go a little further, a little faster? He's mighty. He's great. I love the, I love the he's great. He's great and greatly to be praised. So I want to lift up the Lord Jesus tonight. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's everything that's good in our lives. He started it. 
He's doing it and he will finish it. Hallelujah. Uh, nothing is too great for us to expect because of our great Lord and Savior. He's just not wimpy. He can do it. Your greatest request, your wildest dream, the thing that you wouldn't tell anybody, it's so out there. Kind of like I just told you. Kind of like, let's buy the church. I'm, I hadn't got to go ahead on that, but let's buy the church. Let's buy all the property around it. Let's put the biggest sign the city will let us. Maybe fudge an, a foot or two on, top, on either way. And uh, everybody has seen this sign out here. You, on 69 South, they were slowing down. I've got to get going here. They were slowing down and looking at River Church. Not. Eh. Nobody was. They were emptying their ashtray right there. But everybody, you ask anybody, where's River, where's River Church? Oh, I know where River Church is. That big sign. So anyway, we're doing better. But we ought to dream on something. The evangelist dreams of an airplane so he can get to his ministry and get his job done. But pastors need a, we need a building. Not that much, but uh, me and Debran have already redesigned the auditorium and put a new roof on it. Hallelujah. So nothing is too great for us to expect since we have a great Savior and King. If our future was based on His impotence or His power, we're good. You can't out-dream him. You can't out-challenge him. He's got it. You go, well, where is it? It's up to us to dream it and bring it to bear. Whatever you're meditating on is coming. You ought to know that. Whatever, if you don't like what you're meditating on, fearful or afraid you're going to this or die, die or get sick or whatever, it's coming. It's, it's a law, whatever you're meditating. I meditate on how to spend a million dollars for the kingdom. And I've already got a list. And I got people I want to help. I, I wrote this down. True New Testament ministry requires results. True New Testament ministry requires results. So if we're not having results, maybe we're not in true New Testament ministries. And what that means is faith. Maybe we're doing stuff by the flesh or by the you know, however it'll go, or however they'll let the world will let us go. But if we're in the ministry, I mean, the jail was shaken when Paul and Silas were in it. It's like nobody can, nobody, nobody jail breaks. Oh, yeah, it's in the book. I love walking on the water. We need to learn to walk on the water where the water's been walking on us. We need to walk on the water. Amen? Amen. If you would, turn in your Bible with me this evening to Exodus chapter 14. Hallelujah. Are you stirred up in the Holy Ghost for Jesus? Yeah. We are. Exodus 14. When's the last time you've been to Exodus on Wednesday night? Hallelujah. Well, after tonight, you can't say it. Chapter 14, verse 5. Let's read a good little ways tonight. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. So here... Moses has been to the king, the Pharaoh, and said, let my people go. And every time he said no, well, you know, there was a plague that came. But then it says uh, they left and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? 
that we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptian pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. It sounds like the pandemic. I've never seen so many paralyzed Christians as what I've seen this last year. Just wrought. I looked up how the Black Plague got eliminated. Because if you just if you were just in the area of someone that had it, you caught it and it was an 80% chance that you would die. And so the way they eliminated the Black Plague was nothing they did. This was the 1300s. It just, they lost victims. People got so thin and uh, so, so scarce and they stayed in their houses. It quit. It died out. But we don't want to wait for that. <laughs> that's not the answer here. That's not, that's not what we're saying. This is, if you'll go, well, then I can stay. We're not, we're not looking to that. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Now remember, these were brickmakers for 430 years. They didn't have that fight thing in them. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. What a bunch of weenies. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not yet. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them no more forever. That's pretty brassy. Because they're everywhere. And we don't have one chariot. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, now remember, see the order of this. Moses got bold, so God got bold with him and said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? <laughs> Speak unto the children of Israel that, in, that they may go forward. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now I want you to notice that they weren't expecting this. They'd seen the ten plagues decimate Egypt. And they thought God was just going to come down and get them. He'd been doing that. So they were looking for that or die. But there was a whole nother plan that came completely out of left field, so to speak. And they weren't expecting it. God wants to surprise you with his goodness. And what you have planned for the way of escape or compromise or to deal with, with the situation, to endure it, to survive it, to cope, that's not in his battle plan. That's not the arrow in his quiver that he wants to shoot. He wants to get the credit, the glory. 
He doesn't want us to say, well, it, it didn't hurt long, but we did make it. And I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, ah, the angel of God. Did y'all know he didn't leave? He didn't go somewhere? He's not sick? The angel of God is still here. Matter of fact, he's, they divided up the host and each one of us got at least one. Y'all say amen when you get it. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll keep you till eight o'clock. Hallelujah. The angel of the Lord, which went before the camp of, of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And now look at this. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Now, sometimes we just think about the water in the Red Sea giving them escape, the road that was, they didn't know was there. But there was lots of setup here that was supernatural. And I'm going to submit to all of us tonight that the Lord has been working supernatural things in your life. And you think that was the end of it. You think that was the deliverance of the Lord when, in fact, it was just a setup for the thing that's coming. Y'all say amen. That's, it's not the end of it. It's just part of it. Plus, he's getting us ready. Once you've been delivered, you, victory begats victory. Once you've been, got the victory, you're, you're looking for it. Like, yeah, we, we, we can handle them. We can take them. Hallelujah. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued. Wow, their plan of escape wasn't working out. Do you all notice that? It was supernatural, but God, can you finish this thing off? And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea. Even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and the horsemen. That was a big ditch for all of Israel and all of Pharaoh to fit in it at once. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked into the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud. Isn't that amazing? He looked through the pillar and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Now, one more verse. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. They remained not so much as one of them. So when the Lord told certain Warriors, when Israel was traveling around, saying, I want you to take the city out and I want you to leave nobody. Don't take any cattle, any gold, nobody's living. Well, that's what he did here. He didn't leave anybody to bring a testimony against them. He took them out. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to leave the world. We don't want to kill anybody. We're not trying to eliminate them. But we are going to heaven and we will leave them. 
But he wants us to stand strong. The word says in the New Testament, talks about where the Lord Jesus said, don't even fellowship with certain people. We don't like that. We, we like, I wanna, I'll meet them in the bar and witness to them. Well, I don't know about that, but Pharaoh tried to follow Israel into the, into the sea. Is that right? He tried to follow. The devil tries to follow you in. Uh, but I'm telling you, the world can't go where you and I go when we go in faith. This is an example. This is a demonstration. This is a type. This is a shadow. This is the plan. This is the way God delivered them saying, I'll deliver you. I wouldn't deliver these Old Testament boys if I wouldn't deliver you. There's much, much more here. But he raised his rod and the supernatural help uh, happened. But they still had to go through it. You can't just stand back and say, wow, that's pretty cool. It's time for when you hear somebody casting out devils or healing leukemia that we get in there and say, I'm next. I like Job 22, 28. That's kind of our, that kind of got brought into our lives where it says, uh, thou shalt decree a thing. So that's up to me. It's up to you. And it, it's kind of like the Lord takes over from there. It shall be established unto you. That's kind of like he, he made the waters stand up after Moses decreed a thing. And the light will, shall shine upon your way. Isn't that neat? And that's in Job. Who reads Job? Who wants to know anything from Job? Uh, the world can't follow you in your deliverance. And I say in the name of Jesus that wealth is coming on River Church. We are ready to hold it for the supply to go to the next place, the next step, the next calling. I like Matthew 14. I, I tell you all this all the time. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come or decree me come a ton under thee on the water. And he, the Lord Jesus said, come. He decreed it and it was established unto him. And the water, the light shone upon his ways. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, that's just the same thing. But I'm, I'm reminded all the time about the 11 boys that were looking over the edge of the boat, <laughs> waiting for Peter to fall out and wonder what they were going to do. If the Lord had a good motive. They were looking for Jesus to destroy him or to let him go or to, it was a trick and they all knew they were next. When you think about what they're really thinking about, you realize we've all thought that. Can the Lord sustain this? Can he keep it going if I engage, even if we have a supernatural bump here and a, and a help there? Uh, so your faith, my faith, will lead us where others cannot go. And he already is. By the way, I want to say hello to Miss Betty in Willis, Texas, and tell her we, we love you, Miss Betty. Thank you. She's so good. So turn with me to Amos chapter 9. I don't even know how to tell you there, how to get there. But there's five little O books. And once you find one, Obadiah or Amos or uh, Hosea, then you can find the other four. It's on page 793. 9.13, Amos 9.13. I want you to turn there because I want you to mark it in your Bible if you don't have it. I hope you do. Amos 9.13, we've got to giddy up here. It says, Behold, the day's come. Say, it's coming. It's Say, it's here. it's here. It's here. Come on now, it's here. It's not coming anymore. It was coming way back then, but it came. Behold, the day's come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. 
and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. I, I hope you have a little Sunday school gold star, red star, green star right there by that one, because that's, uh, that's you. That's me. That's now. That's now. Well, we're just waiting on God to make it happen. Yeah. Well, the children of Israel were waiting on Moses to make it happen, making, you know, God to make it happen. And nothing was going to happen until Moses, the leader, one man, raised his staff. Well, you are that one man, that one woman. You are it. You are the one. You are Moses. Well, we're waiting on God. We're waiting on the move of God. It's right here, right now, and it is you. It is me. It is now. So another version says in the New, Li New Living, it says, The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Did you know there are testimonies all over the body of Christ where people needed something financially, and so they, they got ready to sow their seed for it, and the money came before they got their seed in the plate or the offering. That's this. In other words, they said in their heart, I will sow. I'm a sower, and I sow. And the, the harvest came even before the money or the seed left their hand. That's Amos 9.13. So be purposeful when you sow your seed. Be purposeful. Have an intent. Say, this, this is the harvest. I'm out of debt. Let's all say that together. I am out of debt. Well, you've got to sow seed. There's no, it's not going to happen without that. But we're in a day where God said, let's giddy up. We don't have long. We just have a year or two or three months or whatever there is. There's a giddy up on this. There's, people are being translated. They're in one place and they've got to be in another. And they're just boom there. We have scripture for that, don't we? Philip went to Azotus. Um, Ephesians 3.20 is on this scripture where the where it says, the, don't go there, but the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed. Ephesians 3.20 said he's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above, all. Oh, that's the four maximized words in the English language. They're extreme words. They're, they're edgy words. They're not like, well, quite a bit or, you know, some and exceeding, abundantly. Above all that we can, here's another one, we could ask or think. So that means that every time something like that is about to happen, it always surprises us. It's not a surprise when you've believed you received, you decreed a thing, it shall be established. That's not a surprise when it happens. But this is just thinking. This is just thinking, Lord, I need to buy this house, this church, this building. I, I need that. I'm thinking that. And we got seed in the ground here at River Church. It's not like, uh, would you, we're begging God because it would help him. That doesn't matter. I like that part that says, uh, uh, according to the power that worketh in us. You know, uh, he's able to do exceeding. He's able. That's the part I meant to say. He's able to do. Well, you know, if you go, well, he's able means he might not. If you are thinking of something that you need, 
It's already in the desire department. There's a lot of controversy out there about does God give you your desires or does he just give you your needs? My God shall supply all your need. What things soever you desire when you pray. But if you have a need, you have a desire for that need to be met. I have lots of needs and they're all desires. I'm not saying take it or leave it. I've got a need here and it is my desire. So it says that he is able. Well, that means he's able. So if you'll think about it or even ask about it, he's already got it coming like the plowman overtakes the, the reaper. He's already out there in front of us. But we are used to waiting a long time. Well, I sowed seed in January and it's getting ready for Christmas and I, I need some Christmas money. That's, that was, but that's no more. Y'all say amen. amen. That means you agree with that. Praise God. So uh, he wants to. That's my point. The Lord wants to. He wants to do his word. He wants to bring exceeding abundantly above all. All that we cry for, beg for, all that we're at the end of our rope, we got to have. No, just what you're asking or thinking. No, we can't hardly believe that. In Ezekiel chapter 12, I got to. I don't know if we're going to get through all this unless we stay. <laughs> all right. Ezekiel. Where is Ezekiel? There it is. It's Ezekiel chapter 12. Now you're going to like this one. We like all of them. Ezekiel chapter 12. Let's look in 21. Are you there? Well, giddy up, Pamela. It's, it's, it's left of Revelation. Okay. Ezekiel 12, 22. Son of man... So God's talking through an angel or whatever to Ezekiel. What is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel? A cultural thing. Saying the days are prolonged and every vision faileth. Tell them therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease. And they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, the days are at hand and the effect of every vision for there shall no more, there shall be no more any vain, word is fruitless, fruitless vision, nor flattering divination in the house of Israel. Let's see how far I'm supposed to go here. Uh, yeah. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged. That's where amen goes. And for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord God. Again, of the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come. And he prophesieth of the times that are far off. Therefore, saying to him, Thus saith the Lord God, There shall none of my words be prolonged any more. But the word which I have spoken shall be done saith the Lord God. That's pretty handy if you can receive it. I've got a book of prophecies. Pam's seen it. It's at least this. It's, it's big. But just think of all the promises that the Lord's given to the church. We got a bunch. Think of all the promises that the Lord has made about the return of Jesus. Well, those are a long times off. Think about all the prophecies that the Lord has made to you. He said, no more time lapse. Now, it's time. The curtain's going up. We've been in dress rehearsal. We've been getting our gear together, our props up, our ropes hanging, 
our lights on, and now the curtain is going up. Uh, there's, a, there's a scripture in Isaiah. Don't go there. We don't have time, but it's in chapter 65. Oh, I have to go there because I didn't write it down. Isaiah 61. Well, it's just right there. Isaiah 61, look in verse 7. Now, here's something that, that has been prophesied to Word of Life, River Church, however you say us, a long time ago. The first time uh, a pastor in Birmingham uh, prophesied this was uh, 2001. So that's 20-something years, isn't it? And then, uh, y'all remember Stan Pody from... Arkansas, Louisiana, yeah. What's that little town on the interstate that you go through? Anyway, that's where Stan is. He prophesied it again in 07. And here's the word, verse 7. For your shame, ye shall have double. Now, we don't want to be the red-headed stepchild that always gets whipped, but we've, we've obviously endured things together that other churches may not have endured in population, in a lot of things. We've moved several times. We don't like any of it. Matter of fact, a lot of people were ashamed of it. I'll just say that. That's all I'll say. For your shame you shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Well, we've put on joy unspeakable that's full of glory. I'm happy as a, I'm just happy as I can be. I, and I assume y'all are. Y'all give me a clue one way or the other. <laughs> oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Look in chapter 66. Now that word is coming to pass. How fast the plowman is overtaking the reaper. How fast? Exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Yeah, 66, verse 2. Let's read verse 1. The heaven... The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? This is in Hebrews. For all those things hath mine hand made. And all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Let me read that in... Uh, the New Living, it says, I will bless those who have, have humbled, who are humble and contrite in heart, who tremble at my word. I will bless those. Well, part of that humility is to say, I don't know how it's going to go except what the word says. I have no opinion about it. What does the word say? That's what I say. That's being of an humble and contrite spirit, as you say. I agree with heaven. Don't you want to agree with heaven? I do. I want to see. If he says quickly, if he says uh, stuff like the grapes and treading out and fast and more than you could even have time to pray it out and say and give it and say, Lord, I've got my seed in the ground now. How long? He said, it's already in your pocket. It's already there. That's almost that's 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 beyond the intellect. We, we can't we're not wired. We're not able to go there in our soul. Because we're linear. We, we have to have uh, the physical realm enter in. 
So it's got to come somewhere where the mind, except for just a fool that's creative and can make up stuff, we have to go somewhere else. And so we have to go down in here. Y'all say amen. We've got to go down here. To believe that, we have to go down here. This is where the mind of Christ is, is down here. We have to go down there and we have to meditate it because whatever you meditate is coming. Whatever you meditate. Oh, no, I hope I don't get the pandemic. I hope or the, the, the whatever it is, cholera or black plague or what. You'd think it was all those things the way the people are running for the hills. And I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying we should be we should stand strong in the midst of the war. So I'm thinking about the things that I desire because I need them. And the word is saying here that when you meditate them, when you think on them, they show up. They just show up. In other words, the faith process, although it's not eliminated, the, the uh, unknown was between uh, speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in sea. Does not doubt what you say, but believes those things which you say shall come to pass. Then there's that next two words. He shall have. Three words. He shall have. Well, there's, there, there's an unknown in there. He shall have. When? Well, that's the unknown. You don't know that. So you just have to stand fast in the liberty. You have to have done, stand and having done all to stand, you just have to stand. But he's saying, yeah, you endured. You were faithful over that lapse. You stayed in. You, you didn't come undone. But now I'm going to make your faith work fast. The, doesn't your faith, it's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual realm entity. Is that right? Everything about faith is in the spirit. You can't think it out. You can't reason it out. You can't project it with your head. So if that's in the spirit realm, your faith is in the spirit realm, why couldn't the Lord speed up that realm where the thing is created that you're believing for? that you're speaking to the mountain, be removed. How, why would that have to take as long as it did? It doesn't. But that's up to him. Our job is just to say we have it. I believe those things which I say shall come to pass. I have. And what things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive them. I have. Well, that have right there, I have, could be shortened up. The word's telling us by the Holy Ghost, these scriptures have always been there, but he's pointing to them and saying, yeah, if you'll have ears to hear, you'll hear that uh, start asking, start dreaming, start putting your stuff out there, start, start dealing with fear. Well, what if this didn't happen? Well, what if Pharaoh comes into the, into the big ditch with us? He did. But that was part of the plan. Oh, we didn't know that. We didn't know that there was another side. Well, that's why we have to trust the greater I am, the, the great one. We have to just trust him saying he's got this. Even when you watch a mystery movie, a whodunit, the movie can kind of lead you off to think, well, he did it. And then at the end, it was, no, she did it. <laughs> so we don't even know our own soulish things. We can't even figure those things out. So we shouldn't even be trying to figure out the kingdom. Uh, I will tell you, the casual observer in these days will miss the move of God. You go, well, I'll just hook on at the end. When I see it moving, I'll just start... Uh, ginning up. No, you'll miss it because it takes now. It takes now. It takes now to get ready for then. I want to go to one more scripture. I got five minutes. Mark chapter six. Can you go one more time with me? We want to, this is an important thing and you got to meditate on it. You can't just say whatever because you are activating this 
this, this uh, process, as it were, by believing, by, by getting out there and asking and thinking, exceeding abundantly above all you can be involved in. Because what you meditate on is coming. What you meditate on is coming. Because what you meditate on is what you're going to say. And what you're going to say is going to create. And creates coming. So if you're meditating on, ah, I'm sick and I'm going to get sick and I don't touch me and all that, which I'm not, I'm not coming against prudence and care and, and, and I, it's not that. I'm talking about when people are practically paralyzed because of this. And they're, they're born again, they're spirit-filled, and they're tithers, and they're no different than their neighbor next door. Well, that went over big. Let's, let's go to Mark chapter 6 and see if I can do better. And he went out from thence, one, verse 1, and came into his own country, and the disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even by such mighty works are wrought by his hands? And then here it comes, the clincher. This is what they were thinking. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. He explained the situation. Because everywhere else that he'd been, they were glad. They didn't say, well, this is Jesus, the son of this, and the brother of that, and everything. They, they didn't know where he came from exactly. But these boys did. They were neighbors and storekeepers and they ran the bike shop. A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And it says, and he could do there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. So the power of God was available. And I'm telling you, family, the power of God is everywhere. But it's going to take someone that believes. It takes an activator. It takes an activator. Because it's everywhere. He was, he was doing amazing things everywhere. And in some passages, it says that the whole city was healed or everyone was healed. I mean, it's all over there. You go, well, how can that be? It, it's truly beyond our, our thinking. But, uh, but people, look, look here, people, all the arguments that you hear from these people, were they doctrinal? Were they covenant? Were they? No, they, none of them had anything to do with the word of God that he was preaching and that he was performing. Did y'all know religion does that? They're, not, they're going to come against your character. They're going to come against what you drive and where you live and wh wh whatever they can instead of just saying, wow, there's signs and wonders here. We ought to get some of those. So they make it personal. Uh, I saw this one time about Star Wars. Star Wars is old as dirt, so I can say this. But Star Wars had a mediocre message. You know, it was just a... A thriller, but it, if you get to it, all, all movies like that are pretty much bad guy, good guy, win, girl, gets, and all that stuff. It, it was not anything like, ah, I've never seen anything like that. But it had a sensual promotion, just like that the Avatar. That movie, I've never watched it, but I've seen the promotion, and it's just like, but the message is nothing. But the promotion and the, and the whatever of it was amazing. Well, if we take that back to the Word, the, the Word of God, the message is awesome, but the promotion is pretty much in the soulish realm. I mean, it, excuse me, it's in the spirit realm. I said soulish. You've you got you to get the Word by faith. 
Because it doesn't wow you. Even the word says that Jesus was not, was not comely, that he should be desired by any man. He was a regular guy. He wasn't like Saul, head and shoulders above the, the other men. He was just, you couldn't hardly pick him out of a crowd except for what he said and what he did. So uh, we can't rationalize the kingdom. Here's my whole point. You can't rationalize the kingdom and say, well, I think in this situation God's going to heal them because he wants to affect them and he wants to go over here. Forget that. Just go heal the sick. Just go, just go find somebody and let God work out the logistics. Let him figure out why Pharaoh's army is in the hole with the Israelites. How's that going to work? And they're faster. Oh, he had a plan. The last little, the last little guy to crawl out of the ditch. <laughs> the Israelite, whoosh. It's like, that was smart, God. Well, I bet he's smart on a lot of stuff. I bet he's got stuff figured out that we hadn't even figured out. So uh, our job is not to figure it out. Our job is to bring life to death with our words, with our hands, with our faith. Is just bring life. Don't, don't try to be great. Look at me. This is all, you know, and don't try to figure out who will come or what will happen. Just go do it. That's the whole Bible. They just went and did it because they couldn't figure it out. So they just did what God said, and it always turned out. Who would have thought David could have whooped up on Goliath with five little rocks? Well, actually, he just needed one, didn't he? <laughs> it's like, that was exceeding abundantly above what you need. And uh, I, I've read stories about that, and they said his armor was such that there was not much. It was a small window. It was a sniper shot. <laughs> David had a scope. <laughs> but it's like, who would have thought? Nobody thought. Israel didn't think. The Philistines didn't think. But... David did. So I want to be like David in that realm. Amen? Amen. So I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. If the Lord's coming in a year, and I'm not saying, but what if He did in a year and He knew and we, then we knew? Would it change anything about your posture, your priority list? Would you be cleaning out the attic or whatever? Probably not. If we knew, if we knew. And the Word says we don't know the day and the hour, but we will know the week and the month, the season. We will know. It will be so dramatic that we will know. It's what the Word says. That's how I know. It's, we will know. Well, it might be this and that. They will argue you all the way to the fence post and back about we don't get to know. They love mystery, those people. But we know. I know things. You know things. We'll, people will start prophesying about it. And we'll listen because we've seen prophecies come to pass. We've seen the Word and we've learned to lean into the Word of the Lord and pay attention instead of just, the plowman's going to overtake the reaper. You're going to be, you're going to, there's a financial influx into your life and you can't figure it out. You will not figure it out. You will just meditate on it. All that you could do if you had what you wanted to do, and that's what you'll have. I can't prove it except by time, but I will be validated in this. You will have plenty. Who would have thought the Egyptians would have given the Israelites all that gold? The Word says they, the Israelites plundered the Egyptians. That sounds more than just borrowing a, an earring. Plundered the Egyptians. That's why Pharaoh was so mad. Well, amen. Well, we're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings.